AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome to the Jeff Stein interviews. That's right. Jeff Stein, our regular political and presidential expert. We have him on on Wednesdays on the Matt McNeil Show at 3.30. You can listen to him live, but we also record these interviews and we're playing them back for you. So enjoy today's edition of the Jeff Stein interview. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff Steins, our national and presidential expert, noted author. You can find his books over at Next Chapter Books. Makes fantastic holiday gift-giving ideas, as well as also TotallyIowa.com. The Iowa Politics Report, the Iowa Business Report, come to us from KXEL, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, where Jeff is based today. Hi, Jeff. So here's the thing, uh, great radio <laughs> listeners. Um, you know, I dial in yes. when Matt is doing the previous segment. Yes. And that is is so that I know what he's been talking about. If we have happy Matt, if we have angry Matt. Vindictive Matt uh, is always the best. Vindictive Matt is always the best. There's, there's no question, but somewhere <laughs> – and I, it sounds like it's Barnyard Animal Day in the studio. It, I mean, well, you, started, it, you started making these sounds, and I thought, is there a sheep in there? Well, no, <laughs> Dwayne, we're referencing Dwayne Quam, the representative from southern Minnesota, who got national attention because he was the guy that yanked the microphone out of the, his opponent's hand during a debate back in 2018. And he got national coverage for that. Just, he just, a League of Women Voters debate. Yeah, okay, nice look. Um, well, so so you, were, you were doing, you know, and again, Impression, Matt. It, yes. Matt, who does impressions, is tremendous. And and I wasn't sure if you were impersonating a Republican politician or if it was a sheep or a goat. It's, I wasn't it's sure. Peter Griffin from Family Guy. <laughs> it's not you know, pretty the close. Fact that you have to tell us that. Yeah, it's, is, well, uh, it's uh, you. Know, and now we understand why the improv career never went anywhere. Well, you know, again, I dial in on this uh, newfangled StreamYard thing so I can see Matt. And you can watch this on the Facebook. And I'm always worried because it's the commercial break before I come on. (laughs) Matt looks at the screen, mouths the words, hi, Jeff, and then grabs his phone and starts, you know, mashing away at it. And I have no idea what's about to come if I'm going to get a ribald text. If I if he's doing research to hit me for the I, I have no idea, but I, I take no solace in uh, in seeing Matt say hi, Jeff. And then he grabs his phone. Well, it's it's that and it's that and it's it's impressions. You know, I am uh, I'm like a Swiss army knife. I, I can be used, by the way, sure. uh, just to let you know, you know, you and I are going to be in Chicago starting next week, right? <laughs> I'm not going anywhere no, with no, you. No, well, why, why wouldn't you? I mean, I'm not saying we room together. It's not going to be planes, trains, and automobiles. But, I mean, we, we could, uh, you know, we go to, we're, we're going to be in Chicago. They're going to be airing the 3 o'clock hour on I the— I didn't know that. You didn't—I I didn't know that was a for sure. And, by the way, before I forget, let me use this phrase. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> Uh, you, see Bears game? you see that Bears game, by the way? <laughs> you see that Bears game, by the way? <laughs> see, I tied it into Chicago. Do you see how I did that? Yes, that's did. why yes. That's why this three-ring circus is is going to the Windy City. Oh, they deserve this. They do. They do. They do. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be more – it will be more of us only in two major metropolitan areas. So good news there. Uh, I actually, so you've got 20% of the top 10 markets in the country. 
find me another broadcaster who can claim that. Uh, okay. Really? I can get you a pretty long list, actually. <laughs> I, hey, maybe I you've seen me on C-SPAN. <laughs> I think it's a pretty big accomplishment. And yes, your New Year's Day hangover C-SPAN appearance, no doubt, solidified that you cracked two of the top ten markets in the country. It's go. a compliment, for Thank crying you. out loud. I'm Thank not you. on them. Oh, trust me. It's, I mean, I'm going to bring you in. If this this ship sinks, we're going down together, man. So <laughs> that's boy. Uh, I got two international ones for you first, because we haven't talked a lot of international news because there have been so many things. And we'll come back to uh, you know the, the, the jettison in the U.S. House coming up here in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I'm wondering, what do you do? There's a story that's kind of been in the background here. Um, in Canada, India basically coordinated an assassination of a Sikh separatist up there. Uh, there now, U.S. authorities have charged a man from India in a plot to kill a Sikh separatist here in New York City. They're being by, I mean, I read up a little bit on this, and it's, it's clear, clearly that this seems to be coordinated by the Indian government. Um, Canada is livid, to say the least, about th- this assassination that happened in Vancouver there. What do you? What do we do when you have a country who's an ally, and you know, but is is being so clearly just you know they they this this is something they're caught red-handed at at this point. Well, it's not the first time. No, I mean this is the problem, and, and by that I mean um, we have a lot of allies who act in certain ways we're not very happy with, but they still fall within allies because they still do us more good than harm. In other words, to be allied with them. Okay, so for example, uh, pick a nation that doesn't treat its citizens very well, but we need them because we need bases on their property. Mm -hmm. Okay, we overlook an awful lot that otherwise we shouldn't. What I'm finding, though, I think this, this is to the broader point. Folks in this world today are just more obvious about what they do with less care for how it looks or, you know, it's a, it's a devil-may-care attitude. You know, it's like, well, what are you going to do? You got, you got to write us off? And and so it's governments, it's individuals, it's et cetera. And, and that's, uh, that's a frightening thing because, you know, our, our allied relationships are not 100%. They are not pure. But it seems, you know, the, the, the trend is that we're willing to overlook more because of there's still a, a benefit as opposed to a, a net detriment. When we look back at presidents, and this is not a Democrat or Republican thing. I mean, you look at Kennedy. Yeah. Kennedy, the Cuban Missile Crisis. He basically said, "Not even, not we, we weren't. Cuba is not even our land, but you're not even going to get close to us. We're not going to allow you to do this." Reagan right. they, goes to the the Berlin Wall and basically tear down this wall. You know, you you used to stand up to things, and not just in our country and protect our borders, but as well even. You know, expand out our thought processes to other countries. We've had, you know, I don't think it was necessarily really bad for, you know, you know, W with the Iraq war wasn't helpful. I mean, you know, we got attacked. We got attacked by, um, you know, Saudis and the Taliban. So we're going to go attack Iraq. But, you know, it's it, you know, that, that there was a lot. There seems to have gotten to a point now, you're exactly right, that this is a, you know, well, sure, they might murder a journalist or send someone into our country to assassinate someone. But, you know, at the end of the day, we need that crude oil, so we're not going to complain too much. Is it really that simple? Is it really that easy for America just to, for the government nowadays to forego who we are as a people in our own borders and our own desires to basically, as long as they have cheap microchips, we don't care? 
you should have saved that deep insight for Chicago because that was really good on your part. Um, but there is no off button on the genius switch, right? So you can't. You, you, you physically cannot hold back. You're a giver to the audience. I'm a Teddy Ruxpin doll with dying batteries, man. <laughs> man, all these references I do not – I am going to – Brett, can you send me a list of uh, of things and, that he likes to bring up so I can get a little Yeah, little we need a cheat education. sheet for you, I think. Yeah, okay, well, fine. All right. Okay. okay All right, it's, Grandpa. It's, it's, in a, it's in a book called McNeil for Dummies, and I'll just skip to the middle chapter. <laughs> Actually, it's Dummies for McNeil. It's, 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 a, it's a, more of a family album. Anyway, no, I don't want to go into that. <laughs> I, I, I think that's more of the political action committee supporting your uh, DFL run for Congress. But, um, oh, dear Lord. No, here's – we are not sure of who we are as a nation. Let's let's start with that. I mean, that's the serious point. You brought you set it up very very well, and and I I made light of it just for the moment. But no, you set that up very well. You say, is this? Are we as Americans just this as America easily led? It's like, oh well, we'll let you get away with anything as long as we have chips. What do we stand for as America? And I say that in light of the number of people in this country who are pro-Hamas. I did not say pro-Palestinian. There's a difference. Yes. All right? But, but, you know, you look at that and you say, where did this come from? What, you know, so so truly, who are we? Or the Nazis. Or the well, people, yeah. the Nazis. Actual Nazis showing up. So where the heck did this come from? And, and so this is where, to to properly answer your very appropriate question, we have to first figure out, well, who are we as Americans at this point in time? The broader issue of what do we do at this point is at, at some point we have to uh, draw a line that says, you know, you can do a lot of things to us, but this is the line too far. Now, let, let use the oil example. When America was energy independent, quote unquote, you could tell the Saudis to go stuff it. Well, now we have a little different situation for a whole host of reasons. Some are pandemic related supply chain, whatever. So you you find yourself in a bad position. You know, how much of American debt does China control? Makes it hard for us to uh, to, to really put the screws down on Xi. I mean, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that makes this not as simple as it used to be. Is part of this, too, though, the world has changed and it is so much yeah. more of a the borders just don't exist. The business is economy, music, film, television, everything. It, 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 there isn't any walls anymore in regards to this. It's everywhere. So it's, it's just not with the modern society we have. We can't look at the template from, say, 1984 or before and say it can be applied today. Well, sure, because you have a much more, and that's, again, a very, that's a Chicago-worthy point as well. It's because you've, the economy is so interconnected, much more than it even was 40 years ago, yeah. okay? So you've got global economic issues. You also have, and this really started, I would say, with the fall of the Berlin Wall in 89, which was contemporaneous with Tiananmen Square, where... Mm -hmm. It was one thing for these nations that wanted to clamp down on their people to do it when you did not have communication that transcended borders. And once you get the Internet and the fact that every person with something that used to be called a phone but is now 
a global communication device and they start posting videos on any manner of uh, formats and, by the way, easily doctored videos. So now you can't even trust it. So we're flooded with this stuff. There are no borders in terms of communication. And so, therefore, uh, it, it just complicates all of the old issues. I mean, for example, when you're driving into the state of Iowa, okay, yeah. you get behind the uh, the wheel of the Subaru there, right? It is Subaru, right? No, it's a, a, Toyota, a Toyota Sienna, my friend. Well, I forgot the spot. I'm sorry. That's just <laughs> my, my mistake. Add that to the list, Brett, and I'll paste it here on the screen. <laughs> but when you're taking your Toyota Sienna, and you're making your way into Iowa, you don't have to actually be in Iowa to hear my radio station. You can hear it in southern Minnesota. I don't care what kind of border security we may have between Iowa and Minnesota, and Lord knows it's necessary, but the signal transcends. Okay, when you've got the Internet, I don't care how much China tries to censor it and how big tech plays along for financial reasons – you're still getting things across. And so that makes all of these dynamics much more difficult than simply to say, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. By the way, quick side note to you, if you want a great Christmas station, uh, is it 2FM out of Ireland? I mean, this this is the world we live in. Fantastic Christmas music. Just fantastic. So they, and I, I, I listen to it all the time, and it is great. Uh, another international story here I want to talk about. Pope Francis, he is now cracking down on these far-right cardinals and bishops in the United States. He went and removed one from power in Texas. He's now gone after Cardinal Raymond Burke. These are cardinals that when it was John Paul II or Benedict, it was the Pope is the highest voice in the land. We can't go against him. But now it's Francis. They've been very openly against him. And Francis, Pope Francis is clearly tired of it. And he is, he is, purging the, the at least the, the Catholic Church here, it seems to be he's starting to purge the far-right people who are working against his agenda from their ranks. And, and, and your thoughts on that a little bit? Well, I hate to tell the Catholic Church what to do because I have no insight into it, but last I knew, the Pope and whatever he said, that was it. That, yeah. that you know, now I know a lot of people don't like. Now, wasn't it this pope who who said uh, we don't need so much Latin and we need to modernize the church? We need to do a lot of these things. Well, that didn't sit well with some of the old guard. I find it interesting. There are a lot of analysts based in this country who are really upset about the purge because they were under the impression that those of the cloth were um, did not have a political agendas, shall we say? Well, it's pretty clear that when you have an agenda that is the opposite of your boss, I mean, how would it be at AM 950 if all of a sudden you started espousing viewpoints that were contrary to the goal of the station and the and the core audience? That's not going to end well. So, I mean, the fact that you have, and, and the, here's the other thing, the Pope is what, 86 years old, I believe, and mm-hmm. not in the best of health um I wonder if some of this is short game as opposed to long game. In other words, when you begin the position, when you accept the call, and you think you have 10, 15, 20 years, uh, you might look at things differently as opposed to someone who's 86 who does have some some health challenges. And it's a sense of, 
I feel very strongly about these things and I'm, you know, time's a wasting kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, and and it is one of those things where when the Pope was a, a conservative, these same people are like, you can't go against what the Pope says. And then all of a sudden now it's – and this shows – I mean, when you look at the, the, the Pope as a whole, I mean, it, this is kind of one of those things where the, the more progressive side of the, the Catholic Church, they're really the guys that kind of focus on the Gospel of Matthew sort of thing, that they're kind of becoming the majority, particularly in, in Africa, particularly in South America and Central America. And those are the ones who are basically driving to pick less and less conservative popes. I don't think that that changes anytime soon. So the question then becomes, you know, does eventually the Catholic Church split again? Um, you know, you know, and and some you end up getting, a, you know, there's going to be this conservative Trump version of Catholicism and versus the traditional version of Catholicism. Well, and and you're having a similar issue, uh, certainly in the state of Iowa, the Iowa Conference of the United Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conference as a whole took a position that. Uh, there cannot be gay marriage, and et cetera. And that has led a number of individual churches to splinter off, to uh, leave, uh, because their agenda is more progressive, quote-unquote, than the agenda of the conference uh, as a whole. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that, that has always struck me, and again, I, you know, I'm going to get struck down for this, when Religion is based on faith, and it is based on doctrine, but how does it just change? How do you have, if you will, conservative bishops and popes as opposed to more progressive ones? You know, you know, sort of, I guess it's all interpretation, right? Well, it's, you know? I'll, I'll, I'll answer that question for you, and then we've got to get to a break, but it comes down sure. to this. If, if polit- politicians are willing to welcome in church leaders, guarantee you all of a sudden the doctrine matches the political party that they're getting welcomed in by. And that Absolutely. is kind of, and that is kind of the, 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 the deal that's going on here. And plus the fact that I think there's a lot of churches. Be. Well, should and, it be, that's the key. Because well, no, to me, it if it, well, exactly, exactly. And so that's the part where I'm, you know, here, a poor backslider here saying, I thought there was like this, this is the path. Well, how can you now go a different direction? And, and that's the confusing part. And maybe, mm-hmm. gee, maybe that's why, Participation in organized religion in this country is at an all-time low it, it's, because of the co-opting by by politics. There have been studies that have shown ever since churches went far-right conservative, they have been kind of invoked the Republican Party as part of their official doctrine. That that's where that's when people pews started getting empty, and mm-hmm. so and I can I, trust me, I can get some Franciscan uh, Catholic priests that can talk to you about this and what they have seen, and it's it is you know. It's not a surprise. You're turning you're, you win more people with honey than you do with vinegar. Let's just put it that way. Uh, let's take a break. Come on back, George Santos. His next vote on whether he gets to stay. We'll talk about that to wrap up the visit. Jeff Stein joining us on a Wednesday. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM nine fifty. The progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein joining us for his Wednesday visit. Uh, George Santos gets his third uh, hole punched in his uh, his card there. Uh, as there's going to be another vote to remove him from office. Uh, this time, though, is expected to ex- succeed because the the findings of the investigation show that he's rotten to the core. Um, first of all, I mean, it's it, do you have any doubt that he's going to go this time around? I have no doubt. I have concern that there's no conviction, but I have. I mean, 
He has no convictions, um, but he also <laughs> has not been convicted of a crime. And no member of the House has ever been tossed until there has been either you're a Confederate general or uh, convicted of a crime. So I'm squishy on the on the premise. Uh, but uh, you've got, I think, 90 Republicans who say uh, toss him. So, you know, the, I think I think uh, the Speaker of the House is probably going to make a deal with the Democrats that say, all right, we'll we'll give him up. But you guys help me if Matt Gates gets squirrely again. Well, and, and, and by the way, that's another, another interesting point. It seems like the targets are starting to form in on Matt Gates, and I don't know how long he's going to survive. It does sound like, was it McCarthy said today, that there is some pretty bad stuff in his dossier that he has been made aware of. Now, this could be McCarthy basically just being bitter. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm kind of got some questions whether Matt Gates is going to survive being in, in the U.S. House. Well, here's the thing. Gates came out publicly in support of Santos today. Make that of that what you will. <laughs> Who doesn't love volleyball? Uh, <laughs> it's a fine sport. I, well, I, I, you know, it, it is. I think your point about him getting expelled without a conviction. The reality is it just shows you how dirty he is. I mean, this isn't just one guy like, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. the savings and loan scandal seems quaint compared to all the stuff this guy has been caught doing now. I mean, Jim Traffikant should have been thrown out for his bad toupee, <laughs> never mind the conviction, for crying out loud. And and the problem is, see, the, the Santos issue is so bad because they didn't vet his resume. It's their fault that they put him up. He got elected, and they didn't do anything. And, and so I think there are a lot of, especially freshman Republicans, are like, <laughs> no, let's just get rid of him so we can run for re-election cleanly. Well, and by the way, there is no guarantee that Republicans won't win that seat back because the New York Democratic Party is an absolute mess right now. So uh, we re-air this interview on the weekends. Listen for that. Jeff Stein, of course, will get the Iowa Politics Report posted a little bit later on. Thanks, Jeff. Hour two. That's up next.